You're listening to the Bikes Verified Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Vikes Verified Podcast. This is Nick back with Matt, bringing you all the Vikings updates in the offseason. Looking ahead at free agency and the NFL draft, just wanted to touch base with everybody here on our thoughts on things such as the TJ Hawkinson extension, uh, NFL draft, and some free agents we should target. How are we feeling tonight, Matt? Feeling great. Good to be back for another episode here. Touch on, like you said, some free agents and potential draft fits. Uh, we'll touch on, you know, who we think are specifically our guys that would be good additions to the Vikings football team, as well as some guys who may be leaving from the previous team as well. So just kind of touch on all things leading up to a busy time with the combine and free agency about to open up here in the beginning of March. Things are going to get hectic over the next month. So we just want to get a little bit ahead here and, and get everyone on the same page moving into March. And I just want to start off by touching base here with uh, the concept of locking down a couple of our playmakers. A lot of contract extension talks have been in the works for a while. Um, it's it's became very clear that the Vikings are interested in extending TJ Hawkinson, uh, looking to lock him down on probably a four to six year deal, I would guess. Uh, Justin Jefferson as well. Now, that is not a mandatory extension at this point. But uh, I could see the Hawkinson one coming first. So I opened up the polls last night on Instagram, Matt. I just wanted to hear some opinions, um, what we're looking at for a contract range for Hawkinson uh, and how many years. And I saw a grand majority. We're looking at about five years, anywhere from 40 to 60 million, I think would be a safe guess. Um, We got one in here, 60 or 100 million. That would be quite a lucrative deal for TJ Hawkinson. But a grand majority around four to five years. What would be your opinion on how, first of all, how long you'd like to see Hawkinson around here? And what do you think a realistic range of pay is for a guy like that that spreads the field so well? Well, I think it's going to be right around that 10 million mark. I would say eight to 10 million is pretty standard. I think next year's line is set at 9.3, right around there. Um, so I've already heard that obviously they, they want to extend of it. It's a no brainer. Uh, I think five years is the right length. And I think we're going to see a contract that helps bring down his number next year, um, but is going to creep back up into that nine to 10 million range per year. Uh, obviously, he seems like a top five tight end now and moving forward. Uh, so you kind of have to pay him what he deserves. But I think the way that Brzezinski lays out the contracts, we'll see a little bit of a decrease this upcoming season to save us a little bit of cap with us being tight, losing some money on dead um, dead contracts, really. Uh, but I see, I would say five years and looking at nine to 10 million per year. But I think Jay Jettas is, is going to follow up not too long after just because both of them are no brainers to get them locked in long term. You're absolutely right. Two guys that just make this offense flow really great chemistry with Kirk Cousins, both of them, uh, racking up a ton of targets. Uh, with Hawkinson, I feel like it's kind of maybe just under the ceiling of the George Kittle contract, which is five years, 75 million. Uh, I'd really be happy with something just underneath that, maybe in the low 60s range. Uh, George Kittle, obviously a premier tight end in the league, so he deserves that top-end money. Um, A guy that is top-end in the league that is on our roster is Justin Jefferson, and we expect at this point the contract to be somewhere in the six-year to $200 million, uh, five-year, 175, somewhere in that range. Um, He's going to set the bar for wide receivers getting paid in the NFL. Um, Most likely will be the most lucrative contract for a wide receiver in the history of the league, which is incredible to think about. And uh, to be honest, I'm just happy we have the opportunity to do it. Um, Seems to be happy here so far. Has built quite the repertoire with Kirk Cousins, who we're going to get into later. But um, any insight on the Jefferson contract 
and maybe how that will be structured. Yeah, I mean, next year again, he's already slotted to make nineteen, just over nineteen million, because he's already made a couple Pro Bowls. His basically his accolades have him at a high number just for his fifth year option. So again, he's a guy that's going to set the market. He's going to get paid a bag. He's going to be gritty and all the way to the bank. Might retire it though, cashing that check. Um, so you know, just like you said, for us to have the inside opportunity to keep him locked in. Uh, I would be absolutely shocked if we don't set a deal up this offseason with him. I don't think he wants to go into next season without a deal based on just health and everything that can play into that long term. And also, I don't think the Vikings are going to want to risk that either. So, again, I see it being a mutual beneficial decision to really lock him down for the foreseeable future. Like you said, I think five years, 180, six years, 200. Uh, right in that range there, but regardless, he is going to be the highest paid wide receiver at least for the next year or so until that next contract comes through, but he is going to set the market, and I'm interested to see kind of where it gets set at. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm pretty comfortable with wherever it's set at, to be honest. He's a guy that needs to be in purple. He is the biggest part of our core of our team right now. Um, speaking of building the core of this team with free agency on the horizon here coming up in just a few short weeks today uh, is actually when teams opened up the franchise tag um, I just want to maybe speculate on what player on this offense or defense maybe could be deserving of a franchise tag is there someone like Garrett Bradbury Dalvin Tomlinson uh, someone you think would be worth keeping around for another year on that tag I think the only guy you'd see a tag be applied to is Garrett Bradbury. I think if if Pat Pete or Dalvin Tomlinson come back, it's going to be just with the contract uh, re-signed there. They've already been accounted for for dead money. So Dalvin is officially off the books, but we are counting for a couple of three to four million of dead money with him. Pat Pete's around three to four as well. So in total around eight million dead cap, which really sucks. Um, but there is a little bit of an asterisk there. If we re-sign Pat Pete, that yep. dead money goes away. So essentially, you would just apply that on the contract. Um, so there is a little bit of leeway there, but tough to really let eight million walk in two solid NFL vets out the door. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they keep around and and how they do it because you know cap space is going to be tight this off season, especially with those extensions that we have to give out in the next month or two. We're going to see a lot of rearranging of terms of money and contracts, and I think it starts with Brian O'Neill and, and getting his contract. Um, we can save about ten million just by removing some some money around and and Brzezinski kind of pulling out some tricks I think it starts there but there's going to be a lot of different contract moves coming up yeah I would not be surprised to see the signature Brzezinski uh conversion to a signing bonus um things of that nature strategies to help us clear cap space and I think a lot of those decisions are going to be made uh with Brian Flores's best interest in mind as well um looking at who he wants to come back into this fold like you just mentioned, Patrick Peterson, a little bit of an incentive to re-sign him almost, like you said, saving that cap, that dead cap. Um, and I think I would speak for a majority of Vikings fans when I would say we'd probably like to squeeze one more year out of Patrick Peterson. I would love to keep him around in purple uh, one more year. I think he can still do it physically. He can still do it mentally. And I think just the intangible factors that he brings to the locker room and the team chemistry is something to not be slept on. Yeah, again, I would love to have Pat Pete back. It all is going to come down to what the number is and what he's really set on. Hopefully, maybe he's willing to give us a little bit of a discount here since he's had such a good time. Uh, but, you know, there's other guys on the market like Jonathan Jones, Kyle Fuller. Um, you know, you obviously could bring back Pat, Pat Pete. Uh, there's there's really multiple ways that we Byron can go Murphy. about it. Byron Murphy's been a highly 
kind of rumored player there. Regardless, I think we do Cameron Sutton, who had a really good year yep. in Pittsburgh last year, very familiar with Flores. Mm-hmm. And then you even got the trade route of Xavier Howard. I've seen rumors of, you know, potentially some Dalvin type Cook of swap to Miami. of Dalvin yep. for Xavier. Uh, there's a lot of different options, but I think the ones that intrigue me the most are the guys that have some familiarity with Flores, and that would be Xavier Howard and Cam Sutton. I think he's going to want to bring in some guys that he's comfortable with, can trust, and those are two bona fide uh, corners who had a really good uh, – Xavier's done well for a long time, but Cam Sutton had a really strong year last year. So for me, those are some guys that stand out. Are there other areas, Nick, that you think this team should address in free agency, and, and what would those areas be? Yeah, I mean, there very well could be. I think going back to your last point there uh, regarding Cam Sutton and Xavier Howard, I think that makes a ton of sense uh, that they are familiar with Brian with Brian Flores and the system he's trying to run, and it's kind of an immediate implementation to this defense. They know what to expect from Flores, and for a team that's looking to compete now, uh, those are the things you look for in bringing in free agents. Uh, another area I could see us maybe gaining some help. I don't think the free agency class is nearly as deep as I would like it to be, honestly, is wide receiver. And a couple names that get floated around off the top are uh, DJ Chark, Jacoby Myers. Uh, I've seen Noah Brown rumored, even though not a big fan of him particularly. But I think the list is kind of weak. You got Juju Smith-Schuster as well, fresh off a of Super Bowl. He's obviously a talented player, but there's also baggage that comes with him and you know chemistry things that I'm just not very fond of and I don't think fit our organization. But um, I think there could be help from wide receivers, particularly the other I think if we were to make a move on that front, I would maybe like to see Jacoby Myers on a cheaper deal. I think he's affordable. I think he's a guy that O'Connell could unlock uh, in kind of that slot role, especially if we were to move on from Adam Thielen. Um, I would like to ask you, is there a dream move that you see in terms of free agency? Uh, One guy that you can pick out and we bring in on a reasonable deal, who would you pick? I think uh, I think we go interior D line with the loss of Dalvin Tomlinson. I would probably take a guy in Deron Payne, who's an un- unrestricted unrestricted free agent from Washington, um, former Alabama, roll tide big guy. Uh, roll tide. He's, he's played well in Washington, and they've had a stacked D line. So I feel like he's almost been somewhat hidden behind guys like Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen. I mean, just absolutely insane defensive line. front up there. Uh, i don't think they're gonna have the money to keep him around and with us letting dalvin go i would not be surprised if we make a play at him so i would say him uh and then you know if we had a couple alternates it'd probably be a corner and like byron murphy or um you know a guy like cam sutton i think are are some guys that really stand out for me um but another area that we're gonna be able to address some of these needs is through the draft and that's where I have a different perspective. I think center and wide out offensively is where we need to address those issues. Um, we've mentioned John Michael Schmitz, U of M center. He's, I'm a big fan of his. Yes. Uh, I think, you know, if we can get him in the mid rounds, even that would be an absolute steal. Uh, and then you look at wide receivers. It's been rumored Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, uh, Jackson Smith, and Najiba. Um, there's a bunch of different wide outs that we could draft. It's a very deep class. And I think if we're going to address the wide out and the center position, let's get somebody young and some electric guys that really can provide us some long-term stability there instead of maybe just a stopgap center or some type of veteran that isn't really going to bring much of uh, a ceiling. Yes. 
I like your thinking there a lot, and I do think if it's not addressed in free agency, that extra weapon on the perimeter will be addressed in the draft. So I like the way you're thinking with a guy like Zay Flowers. I saw an NFL comp that I really like for him and Stefan Diggs. Uh, obviously a lofty comparison there, but you just look at the way he moves with the ball and his ability after the catch. Um, very similar kind of route runner to Stefan Diggs. Takes a shorter stride, but is very unpredictable with where he's going. Um, I really like his game. Jalen Hyatt as well as a guy that I like, not at 23, but if we were to trade back and have a pick in the 30s there, Electric. Um, he's just a speed demon that I think is kind of a someone that we don't have on that offensive side of the ball. I mean, we have fast guys, but we don't have the burner guy. So I think he could be a good addition. Uh, just really interested to see kind of where we value our, our offensive weapons currently and if we plan to make a move, maybe trade Adam Thielen or trade Dalvin Cook, it'll be interesting to see how we compensate for losing that playmaking ability. Yeah, the two things that stand out to me in terms of the draft is, one, I think the media has is, is almost um, drowning out all of our fans and everything with the, with the selection of a corner in the first round. I get the hype for it. I get the need for it. We also have selected... You know, I'm not about it. A couple corners recently in the last draft in Andrew Booth and Caleb Evans, and then we have a safety in Lewis Seen. It seems as though the national media has forgotten about these guys and just seem to think that we need to add another young corner. As much as I would like more young talent in that room, we already have a, a, a good amount a of plethora, pieces. I would like to say. And for us to really bog down that cornerback room to get just another rookie, I think isn't the right play, which is why I think all these mock drafts that are coming out, having us select a corner seems a bit off to me. The corner draft in general is deep too. So why not address that in the middle rounds and go get a bona fide wide receiver two or starting center. I think that's the route that we take. And the other thing that's interesting to me is there's been a lot of kind of rumors going around of will the Vikings take a QB and it's seeming like they will with Kirk kind of being off and on with his future here um you know to me guys like Hennon hooker in the mid rounds really stand out is there anybody mm-hmm. that you're looking at potentially in this draft that uh the vikings could look at taking yes uh first and foremost i do agree with you with the cornerback class i think if, if we're able to acquire another pick in that top 90 and we can look at it maybe in the 40s uh in the 60s somewhere i think the class is deep enough to deep enough to find a really good talent at that level uh, as far as quarterbacks go I've hear, heard a ton of buzz on Anthony Richardson. People love him, his athleticism, his arm strength. Uh, personally, not the highest on him, not even close to thinking that it'd be worth the 23rd overall pick. Uh, that's honestly the worst-case scenario for me in this NFL draft would be to do something like that. But uh, I think you really got to be sure about a guy if you're going to go first-round quarterback again. But, yes, guys like Hendon Hooker, um, <laughs> I wouldn't hate you know taking a shot on a guy like Stetson Bennett in the sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, wherever he ends up going. I just think he's a tremendous game manager, honestly, and I think Kevin O'Connell could get a lot out of him. Um, there's guys that I like in those mid-rounds. It also depends how far Will Levis drops, if one of those top-tier quarterbacks drops, and then we're sitting in a position where we could make a trade and get someone who's fell. I mean, a lot of things could shake out, but I am a Hendon Hooker fan as well. I'm not too much concerned over his recovery from that injury, so... I think the things he did at Tennessee with Jalen Hyatt and that offense were uh, remarkable. Over the past weekend, me and the boys were watching a little bit of XFL football with the NFL season wrapping up. The boys. I think there was a couple things that stood out to me, and it starts with the rules of the transparency. Um, 
really the kickoff, the way they kick off, they're five yards apart. You can't move until the kick returner catches the ball. I think that's one thing that the NFL could instill to take away from some of those high impact injuries where they're just banging skulls and, you know, coming out concussed. Um, I thought that was very interesting. I thought when you score and have the ability to go for a two or three point play, really the variety there was kind of electric. We saw a comeback with, you know, a team that had a minute 30 left and was down, I think 12 to 15 Mm -hmm. ended up coming back because of these new rules and having an ability to go uh, a fourth and 15. And if you convert that, you get the ball back. I think there's there's things that the XFL is doing that's catching a lot of people's eyes, and for the NFL to ignore it seems stupid. I think they need to see what could potentially fit into the NFL and make it a better game, and, and I think uh, what The Rock and, and all those kind of partners have put together with the XFL has been the most impressive showing in terms of USFL, CFL. Um, you know, There's a lot of other leagues that have just struggled to stay up and a float, really. Um, so for the XFL, it seemed like a great opening weekend for them. And it was just fun to watch a different brand of football. And, and at least good to see it on TV, at least. It, it may not be the, the original product of the NFL, but I think their fresh takes and their fresh rules were uh, something fun to watch. Yeah, and I think it'd be dumb not to take a good look at it and see if you can pick things away from it right. I think my favorite thing is a tiered uh, PAT system. You get option from the two-yard line for one point, five-yard line for two points, and 10-yard line for three points. I mean, think about how much differently the strategy ends up being in terms of scoring in the XFL. I mean, you have opportunities to get three points on after every score, and um, that makes you play the game completely differently. Um, it, it is the same sport, but you know, different rules make it a different version of the game. Uh, also, the replay capabilities and what they showed on TV there, kind of the full transparency replay, if you will. I mean, I think NFL fans everywhere would be loving to see something like that so they can see these calls explained. Uh, I could never see the NFL going that direction. I think it causes too many issues for them, and it's not in their best interest business-wise as well. But uh, very interesting concept there, and honestly cool to see a rules official explain the call to you and then see the correct call being made by the official yeah and that was one area i didn't touch on that i think nfl fans really were interested to watch was that transparency of the review that's going to be a tough one for the nfl to answer to because you know they're going to get asked that throughout the off season on what their thoughts are on that if they would implement anything close to that never um i think like you said i think they're too scared in a sense of it's almost going to be too much transparency and it might um you know put them in a tough situation so for me i think uh all this does though is just kind of open up the nfl fans eyes and put that nfl in a tougher position of you can't hide behind these old-time rules and everything because now there's new leagues who are showing us what these things can do for the game and it's definitely feels like it's it's only a matter of time before it becomes more and more of a problem for them to keep pushing kind of kicking that can down the road so for me it's good for the game and and hopefully we see some things change as as we're going to need to with the physicality of the game and and cte and concussions i think we are going to see progression over the next five to seven years i couldn't agree more and i think it's just good for the game in general kind of like you were saying um another group of athletes that you know who obviously had a dream of playing in the nfl but are still given an opportunity to play um it's great for the game to add another level and a different style of how it's being played um i just think it's good for viewership as a whole and interesting for fans of the sport of football um but back to the replay um 
capabilities. I just really think that another reason is kind of the suspense buildup before the call of an official on the field. I think that's something that NFL fans don't want to give the fans control of um, because some of these mistakes obviously would have been ridiculed publicly if there was an explanation for them. Um, I don't see it happening anytime soon, but very interesting concept to say the least. Uh, exciting things going on in football the next few weeks will really heat up for the vikings here with free agency and as we continue draft coverage and scouting uh, very excited to see which direction this team goes we could go a ton of ways Uh, i want you to give me your one surefire move if you had to predict one of these first moves here in the off season Uh, what do you think one of the first ones coming down the pipe is oh great question um i think you know, I touched on it earlier in terms of moves. I think uh, we're going to see more restructures here in the near future than signings. And I'll I'll kind of put two guys in the same boat. I think it starts with Thielen and O'Neal, um, two guys that really have, you know, solid contracts, have been big parts of Minnesota Vikings on and off the field. Uh, but I do think that both of them are in line for a restructure. Uh, like you said, I think O'Neal is going to get a lot of it converted into a signing bonus. But with Thielen, we'll probably see that that number actually go down. And that might be interesting because uh, if if they can't find a number, he might be traded. So I think that's the that's the domino I'm going to go with is that we're going to restructure O'Neill's deal to a signing bonus, and Thielen's either going to get cut down, you know, half of his half of his salary, or he could be on the move. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Another guy is Dalvin Cook that you think of. Do you have an early intuition or projection on his fate? I, for some reason, I think he's staying around. I. The more and more that I think about it, um, you know, I still think he provides a spark. If with Madison leaving, uh, do you really want to start with a rookie running back and, and hope that he can produce? Now, obviously, the argument there is that the running back classes are usually so deep, um, but there's just a lot of ambiguity there, a lot of unknown. And for that reason, I think, you know, they look at, at keeping Dalvin around for one more season. Yeah, I would love to. And I think it's going to come down to again working with this contract a little bit and seeing if we can do something to benefit our cap space um but like you said i mean he's still got plenty of juice he's 26 years old um he can still play at the highest level he got his shoulder repaired um i'm also just a big fan of his in general so i think i am 100 percent on board with keeping him around for at least one to three more seasons dc foe Consider this time period the calm before the storm in Vikings football. A lot of moves coming down the pipeline for us here. Excited to cover it for you all on Vikes Verified. Thank you for checking in with this update, and we're looking forward to the continued formation of the 2023 Minnesota Vikings. Skull, let's keep it riding into the big, busy march here with the NFL Draft Combine. A lot of stuff coming at you guys. Stay updated with us. Keep a listen out, and let's get dialed in for this offseason. Skull.